0: perceived value of the work women do is lower than the perceived value of work men do.
1: Okay.
0: okay? And I think this translates to many things, sexism, gender pay gap, a lot of things. So that's one. Second, I think the workplace itself is under a lot of stress. Workplace as you and I know it, for different reasons, I guess, business life cycles, technology, redundancies, you know, and that also permeates into, into, you know, The women at workplace phenomenon.
1: Welcome to Outliers. Uh, It's a podcast with outliers. Thank you. And uh, you clearly are one. It is a compliment. Uh, I'm I'm really excited uh, to have Sairi Chael with us today. As we were talking a few minutes ago, Sairi just described uh, what she does as building uh, a full stack uh, Mahila network or a network for women uh, in India. And uh, welcome Sairi.
0: Thank you. Thank you. And great to be on this podcast. I love what you guys are doing.
1: Thank you. You know, it's really interesting uh, the way you are building this and I clearly I have only been reading about what you do or listening, I mean, watching your tweets and social posts. So uh, when you uh, jumped into this, uh, I mean, we were discussing sexism, right? And and the way you described it, it hit me even more. Uh, So it doesn't look like it's a new phenomenon. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and sometimes it becomes uh, trendy yeah. to talk about uh, sexism as something yeah. new that has yeah. come up in yeah. startup ecosystem and we yeah. and, and fall yeah. for that as well. I know. Right. So, so, what has been your uh, view of uh, sexism and uh, and then let's start from there and then, right. then let
0: I think if you fundamentally drill this down, hmm. sexism is basically a power relationship. Hmm i yeah. think sexism comes from a place of deep inequality or lack of access or lack of privilege we can you know vary the degree yeah. of that difference but the fact remains that uh, you know especially let's just talk about the modern times, let's just take it post-industrial, right? I think women got left behind because that's how the you know odds were stacked. Women stayed at home, men went to work, work gave them access to resources, to money. It became a position of power over a period of time the position for men kept getting stronger and for position for women did and the sexism we see today is really a deep byproduct of that whole process and of course there are further inequalities and in, you know whether it's reproduction whether it is ownership of resources whether it is uh, the institution of marriage uh, and of course now in the modern day world it is a lot of that translating into the workplace that we see right because fundamentally uh, the equation was never equal and uh, you know over a period of time there's a lot of effort that's gone into making that you know place equal whether it was right to vote, right to you know parental property right to you know divorce right to marriage right to reproductive health it's all part of the same situation but what we see as the real face of you know sexism in the workplace today is a manifestation of some of that thought process. You know, we are human beings, we inherit yeah. thinking, we inherit our DNA, we inherit behaviors, we copy behaviors. So a lot of it's, I think, part of that some of it is adopted because we continue to manifest right in in some ways whether it is you know male founders funding male founders whether it is women being assigned to you know serving cake in the office party it it keeps coming back in more ways than one and somewhere i think it's also you know our priority in terms of questioning it you know why are we not questioning it you know, why are we okay with advertisers still producing crappy ads that portray women, you know, as uh, as the poor one in the power equation, right? So, I guess it, it really comes from many places. Yeah. Uh, but the fact remains, if workplaces, especially startups, especially people who are the cool, sexy people in the system are not going to do anything about it, then who will?
1: So, it, it, it's really strange, actually, and it also baffles me. You would yeah. imagine that... The internet age yeah. or some of the new newly founded companies yeah. would do a better job of this or at in terms of giving e-level playing yeah. feel and, and so on yeah. why has that not happened
0: i think it's a reflection of their cognizance hmm. you know it's also part evolution you know while a lot of us have evolved into fancy gadgets and fancy tech it is not translated into us questioning our social behaviors our marital behaviors our you know parenting behaviors and this is all a manifestation of our fundamental behaviors you know and uh, so while we you know it's easier to go out and adopt a new coding language or adopt a new tech or adopt a new market trend or what the wall street did uh, a lot of young founders especially are not questioning themselves enough you know and it Sometimes it's, it's a question of self-reflection, it's a question of uh, who you hang out with, sometimes it becomes eco-chambers, sometimes it's, you know, it's absolute lack of context. I did not see this until it happened to me or until I saw it from close quarters. Uh, and uh, there are some guys, I think, uh, and uh, some companies who I see very, very proactively out there uh, who get this because they also get the fact that you need to have a larger pond to fish in, right? And I guess they're not doing it only because it's good to have, they're doing it because it makes absolute good common sense to, you know, own this equation, to be more proactive around it because you're really evangelizing with a bigger pool then. You are increasing your range of influence.
1: So how are you dealing with these issues uh, at Shiro's? Right, so
0: I think at Shiro's, Fundamental approach is what we call the hackers way. So we figured, I think for a long time, the women's conversation has been a conversation. It's not been an action, it's not been a product, it's not been a solution. And I think that's a fundamental approach. So we the, the problem we solve is still, you know, changing this equation, the power equation, but the way we are doing it is not how it's always been done traditional way has been, you know, maybe, you know, working in the not profit sector, maybe working with policy makers, working with, uh, you know, there's a whole industry around, you know, uh, gender equality and women's empowerment. But the fact remains, everything that got done so far uh, did not translate into either scale or range of impact or quality of impact. And ultimately, it was very top down, you know, and I think, you know, the digital age is very bottom up, right? Yeah. It puts everything in hands of the user, the member. So at the core of Shiro's is the Shiro's Mahila, you know, the the average urban middle-class woman, you and I know, you know, so we have a joke here, I'm my own teacher, right? Uh, if you, uh, and and that's that's the person we solve the problem for. And what's the problem statement here? We're really sort of building a space uh, that's all around her aspirations. That's all around her growth. You know, that's all around constructive engagement, and that's the space we're creating. You know, and Heroes is really an ecosystem for us to bring together stakeholders that will power up this ecosystem. Sure. So let's say, you know, let's you know, let's sort of define growth in a couple of parameters. To you, growth might mean a fitter you, right? To me, growth might mean a richer me. Or to somebody else, it might mean maybe I learned how to code, maybe I learned how to play the guitar, maybe I. Growth for me means riding a bicycle or owning a car, or it could mean, you know, different dimensions depending on who you are and who you ask. And for us, anything that makes that happen, and for us, those stakeholders are many. It includes, let's say, people who are domain experts, industry mentors, people who've been there, done that, who have a lot of knowledge and advice. It could mean, ecosystem partners, VCs, angel funds, people who who are helping, you know, build this entrepreneurial ecosystem. It could be skilling providers, it could be companies, it could be, you know, the HR fraternity, it could be, uh, it could be brands because they own the conversation, they are are building the narrative. So it's really working with the set and not in a linear way. Everybody is bringing what they own to the to the benefit of this member you know and that's how she does a structure and uh, by design we are a consumer internet company, social network as you can call it uh, but uh, it's not about pictures, it's not about uh, you know videos or whatever but it's really about saying Uh, A habit-forming change, you know, today if you are, let's say, you're you're a postgraduate woman in Maranasi, your average behaviour will say you will go check your email, you may get on Facebook, may or may not get on Facebook, and then your day goes by, right? Like, maybe you won't even check your mail every day, you'll do it once a week. How about saying, you know, right after daily news and catching up with the milkman and catching up with, you know, the family, this is my go-to. This is the place where I say, you know, I pick up what's going on in the workplace. I pick up what's going on in the world. I engage with other people who may or may have similar stories or different stories. I engage with the rest of the ecosystem. Some days I'm in fifth year, some days I'm in first year, but this allow this network allows me to be. Right? So if I was to sort of, you know, stack it up with an example. You know how in olden days there were clubs, they were the You know gymkhana's and there were other clubs what what did a club do for you it basically one of course it was an alliance you know it brought a lot of like-minded people with a common purpose together but you could do many things in a club you could drink tea you could swim you could play you could host a shadi you could right? i think what we're doing is really putting together this network for every woman in a digital form she could be in Dimapur she could be in Bangalore she could be you know in Surat, she could be in Delhi and she could have her own story but what what happens once she becomes part of Shiro's is uh it becomes more constructive the internet becomes a more constructive place okay. you know so LinkedIn is a constructive product just to give you a little more uh you know a little more sort of qualify into this so LinkedIn did that for a lot of us right it brought social network for for professionals together but LinkedIn's a little intimidating, it's a little linear, and it's very one track, right? It basically assumes everyone wants to work in American corporations, right, and go up the career ladder. But life doesn't flow like that for most of the men, you know, and especially now when the two big trends that are tried, uh, are colliding is future of work, right? Workplace as we know is changing, jobs as we know are changing. Uh, the gig economy is taking over. Micro entrepreneurship, blogging. There's just so much going on. There's so much empowerment in hands of the user, right? So we're riding those trends to build Shiva's.
1: What's the community like? I mean,
0: so we're a community of about one point two million women, and we uh, we span about twenty thousand locations. So if you plotted us on an India map, you will find twenty thousand dots. And.
1: Uh, what have been the top uh, learnings uh, in, in listening to them, working with them?
0: Absolutely. So I think one is everybody has an aspiration. You know, we spoke to this woman from Tamil Nadu last week. She came from really like literally what we call the bottom of the pyramid. Somehow she managed to reach out, but her big aspiration was to open a beauty parlor, right? So uh, I think one, everybody's aspirations, but they don't they don't fit in the same size. You know that's been our biggest learning and allowing that space you know is is what i think is a big you know when we say diversity that's real diversity because you're then allowing everyone to bring who they are to the table second is i think the concept of what i call linear integration i think every every other network especially the men's network are very linear in nature and there are rules right you wear a tie and you're not wear a tie and you wear white shoes and you know you have to be ex- percentage in earnings when women walk into a room um, and i speak for the majority i don't speak for you know for for the high achievers i don't speak for you know the exceptions they when they walk into a room they bring all of themselves they're really you know there is there is pretty much you know it's like having 10 browser windows open at the same time it's a real deal you know, and that's how life plays out for a lot of us. You know, I might be sitting here making a board presentation, but chances are I'm also worried about, you know, my daughter's homework and, you know, maybe, you know, I didn't order dog food or, you know, I forgot something else, maybe. And it it pretty much stacks up like that. You know, so somewhere making space, so making space, holding space is, is really an act of empathy and that's a hard issue. Uh, you know, and some of our products that we've designed are keeping in mind the fact that this is how it needs
1: to So let's talk a little more about the workplace, yeah. women at workplace kind of a thing. Because these days, yeah. for the reasons that you mentioned, yeah. it's getting more pronounced. And I mean, if you look at the TVF case, for yeah. example, and, yeah. and a bunch of others that keep yeah. cropping up. Yeah. Yeah. What have been your uh, top learnings on that front?
0: Absolutely. So let me share a few learnings as a founder first so you know building a mahila company has taught me that if uh, you go out and say you run a mahila company people will assume you're doing it for free okay i've had at least 30 cases where people said oh you're going to charge for it so i'm like yes this is a real business there's a value to it so the perceived value of the work women do is lower than the perceived value of work men do
1: okay
0: Okay? and i think this translates to many things sexism, gender pay gap, a lot of things. So that's one. Second, I think the workplace itself is under a lot of stress. Workplace as you and I know it for different reasons. I guess business life cycles, technology, redundancies, you know, and that also permeates into, into, you know, the women at workplace phenomena in some ways or the other. So for example, if you look at the IT services industry, if it's a slowing down industry, it used to be the largest employer of women and it's now also the sector with the largest number of women on a break who never went back so which means the amount of redundancy women have is higher than the amount of redundancy men have you know because the door back home is closed so you know uh, and thirdly of course you know the workplace is getting younger uh, I think there is, I definitely see a little little strife there, I definitely see a little tension there in terms of you know, who owns the workspace, who owns, you know, who sets the rule, you know, whether we'll get a pool table or a crash, who decides that, you know, and these are valid questions, you know, I mean to somebody, so somebody's entertainment is bigger than somebody's, you know, life, right. So I think I see this plane play out pretty much every single day. And uh, it is fact that a lot of people assume that a woman's income is an aside, you know? So, and it translates to many behavior, HR behavior, you know, other stories, in, you know, interview questions, on, you know, and even in some of the things that we hear, you know, when we're talking to companies on, on, you know, on amount of work or quality of work, and the fact that uh, custom fitting success needs a lot of support, you know, which a lot of women don't have. And it starts from, so, oh, you know, it starts from negotiating with the family, negotiating with maybe the in-laws, negotiating, you know, with the commute, you know, and most men don't have to deal with those. You know, it's a given, you know, and if they contribute, it's a nice to have, right? It's, you know, I mean, I've never heard a guy say, I have such a supportive wife so I can do this job. But I hear women say this every day, because it's so ingrained in us. It's been sort of, you know, put out every single day. You know, I've never made an offer to a guy who said, I will check with my wife and I'll come back. But every day when we make offers to women, we know that, you know, it's a reality. And, that, and the lower, you know, go, you go into, into you know, interiors, the more you go into, you know, complex families, traditional families, you know, smaller hamlets, more insular hamlets, it just gets more, more complex. So,
1: what would you advise managers or leaders yeah. uh, of both the genders yeah. working at either India's big technology companies yeah. or startups? Yeah. How can they deal with this?
0: Yeah. So, I think fundamentally.
1: And, and sorry to add, but yeah. deal this beyond Women's Day. Absolutely, if that's something yeah. so I've I noticed. Think, yeah, happened.
0: if I had my way, you know, I'm, you know, yeah. I might ban those Women's Day speeches because they are just, you know. Yeah. They're very defeatist yeah. in, in, you know. So do one thing which may perhaps last the whole year or, you know, make provision for somebody's, you know, maybe flexible work or, you know, remote work policies or even opening up the conversation. But I think if, if there's really one thing I was to say to managers, it's really is to get real, you know, having expectations which, you know, it's it's like having a door which only allows a certain fitment to go in and leaves everybody out it's it's really that phenomena playing out how about you know playing out the phenomena what when we say digital and cosmopolitan you know and things that we take pride in we don't translate that into our everyday workplace behaviors you know so the fact that we take you know we are very excited about facetime and skype but the moment you say flexible work it's sort of Goes out of the window. Or, the moment we say, you know, let's get somebody who's 65 years of age, you know, and is a woman who's never worked before, but maybe she can do some work for us. So, I think we also have a lot of stereotypes. If we just, you know, got out of our little islands of corporate success and so life as is, I think our workplace behaviors will change. You know, unfortunately, we've been fed this diet of what success looks like. It looks like, you know, going to an ex college and getting an ex job and buying an ex car and buying, you know, sort of the next house. I think it just got so insular in its own behavior. You know, I mean when I look at Bangalore and Gurgaon it makes me laugh that how templated our lives have become you know if you didn't know the geolocation it could be any place right they would all look the same and our versions of success are all the same which means that one we're not making space for new ideas we're not making space for people for misfits we are not making space for people who may be able to solve problems uh, that we don't have access to you know because you know, our worldview is shaped in a certain way. So I think just getting a little more real is my, I think my number one suggestion. Even when we talk to companies, you know, sometimes we come across really r- ridiculous, uh, you know, assumptions about the workplace. To say, you know, we want to hire people who are on a break, but their work, their break should be in X amount of years and they should have two children and not one. Mm. I'm like, who decides that? You know, so basically what we're doing is we're making another template out of this. So, I guess uh, that's number one and the other change is perhaps at schools Mm -hmm. and families you know and next time you know and our children question us on our own assumption of gender stereotypes or I think we'll change faster you know so somewhere what I call a little bit of parent shaming is a good thing
1: and and the other thing is the the helplines you've been uh, running Now, uh, if you were to look back at uh, what you've listened through those channels, yeah. uh, what do you see? What, what are the top issues uh, coming there? Because uh, one of the challenges has always been to get uh, women to talk. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, you know, recently I had one experience while doing a story wherein I had to speak to two dozen uh, women. On something uh, that happened years ago, yeah. and it, it took—I couldn't gather courage to ask them why did you, why were you why quiet you, all these years? But yeah. it kept nagging me, and finally I did ask some yeah. of them, yeah. and answers were uh, very uh, humbling and enlightening. Yeah. But from your helpline that yeah. you've been running, yeah. what have you observed? What have you done? Right. so
0: I think the one big, big piece that comes out is there aren't enough spaces for. Women. You know, the reason we set up the helpline was because, uh, you know, that's what women wanted. That's what, you know, our community meets translated to when we take this offline. That's what we learned in offline behaviors that, you know, your friends are your friends, but, you know, uh, there are a lot of things, especially related to workplace aspirations, things that you're not sure of, or things that you're still evaluating in your head, uh, and do not want prescriptive, prescriptive advice, then, you know, where do you go? and your family clearly is not the best advice giver in these scenarios Mm -hmm. so it's really finding a more uh, empathetic ground and a more informed ground so like your friends are very high empathy they love you they take care of you but they're not so informed they don't know what's the best solution for you so it's really having you know solid information or solid data to back up you know the support behind you and Clearly, a lot of women who reach out to us do so because of uh, a connection of empathy. Uh, they do so because there's a sense of community. They also do so because a lot of these are very personal stories. They're stories they can't take elsewhere. They can't even take, in, take it to their best friends. They can't take it to, you know, and, you know, India still doesn't have the culture of paying for therapy or counseling. It's seen a little odd and maybe we still don't have that kind of, you know, ecosystem but and this is an open health line it's neutral we we keep all data confidential it's 101 it's not public uh and these women already have a relationship with us they already have an ongoing member relationship they've done stuff they 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 get a sense of the trust that Shiros provides them with and i think that's been sort of instrumental in getting getting them to come out and the queries range they range from you know vice presidents in big companies saying, you know, handling, battling a life situation or battling a bad marriage or battling, uh, you know, uh, long distance marriage or, um, you know, promotions, could be anything. Two women who can't even even read right English well but they somehow get through to us to say, hey, you know, you know, can I help you? And of course, sometimes we get extreme cases, you know, abuse and rape which obviously, you know, we're not the experts in them. Then we work with partners to sort of, you know, make sure they get channelized. But a lot of queries are around options, Mm -hmm. opportunities. How can I find custom fit success? How can I do something with the talent I have? Where can I take my passion? What is it that uh, will allow me to discover a new me? How can I reinvent? How can I manage transitions? So managing transitions is a consistent theme. You know, and I guess both workplaces and families are somehow not equipped to handle those. Uh, and these could be, you know, health transitions. These could be professional transitions. These could be families. You know, and I go back to the same thing of that. For women, you can't delineate the two. You know, your life plus your work is one. It's one unit. You know, and unfortunately, that's what our managers are not equipped to handle. Right. So. You know, we, we are very KPI driven. Talk to us in you know robotic numbers, which is fine. But the fact remains, uh, that's the kind of empathy that women are seeking.
1: And uh, what has been your own experience in building Sheeraz? And uh, because, like you rightly pointed out, it uh, uh, when you are trying to build a platform like this, yeah. uh, it is common for a lot of. People to consider it as some kind of a CSR initiative yeah, or in some kind of an NGO. Yeah. So, yeah. how how easy or difficult it is to trying <laughs> trying to build a sustainable <laughs> business?
0: Absolutely. So, I was very clear. I definitely want to build it sustainably, and uh, that's partially the reason we raise funding. You know, so maybe I would have taken a shot at building it minus you know external funding but I guess it is a little more of validation to say, hey, you know, women-centric initiative can be like a real model. And the fact remains, uh, you know, and we're proud of the fact that we built a solid, sustainable business around it, which is also high impact. You know, the work we do really sort of uh, matches our core purpose and principles. Uh, and at the, the end of the day, there is client success, there is customer success, there's user success. And uh, the experience has been, you know, funny to say the least uh, you know so i still get asked are you are you an ngo you know at forums at client meetings mm-hmm. oh i did not know you're going to charge for this to to vcs telling me to say you know it's a very good idea but you should take it to usa and you should move to the valley and i'm like why mm-hmm. would you want me to do that does, does india not have enough women or do they not need enough support or do we not do this here to uh, some fantastic guys, you know. So I have to say, for all the you know cases that are there, we've had the best guys backing us, you know. So um, you know, starting from you know VSS, who was you know early, early supporter, has been consistently around there, to some of the best guys in business, Bini Bansal, Rajan Anandan, you know, the very marquee list, because they re- and they all did it, you know, out of their belief in in what we are building. And of course, now we are, you know, as VC-backed as it gets, you know, we're building the whole model up. So if you ask me what, what is, what, how the model stacks up, it's a very simple model. It's consumer internet. Uh, on the front face, there is, you know, a lot that a user can find value in, engage on uh, at Shiro's. And we work with partner ecosystem of corporates to monetize this. So, you know, our service line includes working with brands, we offer certain compliance product around workplace sexual harassment. We also offer a dedicated helpline to companies around reporting, independent reporting, and grievance handling. Uh, we perhaps run now what has become the largest remote workforce, uh, you know, that that companies use via this platform and that's managed by us. Uh, and then of course, you know, there's some vanilla products that we do on on demand basis. You know, hiring and so on but net net a lot of that we do sort of as a as a by-product benefits the woman either a woman gets employed or she can you know connect or she has an access to a resource uh, yeah there has to be some tangible value to her at the end of it it could be just conversation at the end of it if it that means something of value to her so be it
1: and if we are meeting few years down the line and talking zeros, uh, what would be some of the things you would like to have achieved?
0: So I would definitely like to see the remote workforce be slow. I would do, I would like to do less of policing work and some of this because I think uh, you know it's it's really not ideal. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll continue to invest in tech and products. So we see so the products we have today are mostly experiments that sort of got bigger, right? Uh, and we definitely see deploying more and more tech to solve some of those problems so today let's say we talk to urban educated women we want to talk to what we call peri-urban women, women in vernacular India, we want basically you know we have a little uh, acronym, acronym here called SUE support every woman which is an internal project and that's what we want to do we basically want to power up the aspiration story for every woman out there in whichever way possible and we also want to be very honest, as a founder, uh, we want to be the Tesla of gender. Okay, but it really means that, you know, how how much, to, uh, you know, boring, renewable solar category and made it cool and sexy. We want the Mahila category to be cool and sexy.
1: That's really good to know. <laughs> you
0: know, and of course, we want to reach 100 million women, maybe in India, maybe out of India, we'll take those calls. We want this to become, you know, a... Uh, a solid piece of real estate on on digital where you know that gap doesn't exist anymore. You know, and we'll evolve as a company, our products will change, but fundamentally this will this is behavioral cultural change for companies, for women, for you know, so when let's say, you know, when my daughter's generation get online, they won't be getting the kind of work we do because that support won't be needed. Hopefully, you know, their asks would be different. <laughs> you know, hopefully things will evolve and maybe we'll do more more cutting edge, more sharper work for them.
1: Final question, how do you ensure gender equality at your own workplace?
0: Actually, we've had a very funny situation here <laughs> because for a long time we were women only. <laughs>
1: That's why I asked And
0: you. we had one guy who came and pleaded and begged <laughs> to say, can I at least get a lunch buddy because I'm really like lonely out here. Now we have a healthy mix, we're still about 60-70% women. Uh, and thanks to our remote work initiatives, the women keep growing, Um, only guys here are a few coders, even our sales team until about two months ago was all women, we have our first male sales hire, so we (laughs) are making efforts, (laughs) you know, uh, so yeah, we are getting there, but I think now we are getting better, good,
1: good, thanks, thanks Adi. so good to speak to you and uh, to hear your journey, thank thank you, thank you.